Okay, my name is Jeremy Nicholas. Uh, not as printed in the Radio Times when my episode went out, Jeremy Nichols. Um, Jeremy Nicholas and I played a character called Barrington, MP. Basically because I was friends with the producer. <laughs> in the 70s, 80s and 90s, I was doing a lot of television uh, and I did a lot of work with um, a wonderful director called Bill Hayes, uh, who was married to the lovely Catherine Schell, actress you might recall, might remember, who became a very great friend of myself and my wife. In fact, they became my daughter's godparents. At Bill and Catherine's place, where they had numerous parties, I got to know Paul Knight, because like Bill, Paul and myself, we, we like a drink occasionally. Just occasionally, you know. <laughs> and I, I got to know Paul a bit and his then wife, Maureen, and then later, after Maureen sadly died, um, I got to know his Paul's second wife as well, Pepe Le Maire. Um, famous, you might know, for teaching the Spice Girls how to sing. Anyway, that was Pepe. So, uh, and then Paul and Pepe and my wife and myself, we became very, very good friends. And um, we also, because of some other television work I'd done for a wonderful director called Jerry Poulsen, I did a lot of telly with Jerry, who also, as you probably know, directed quite a few episodes of London's Burning. And Jerry just happens to live, he happened to live about a mile away from where I live in Essex. And so Jerry and his wife, Jackie, we became very close friends. And so all of a sudden there was a little circle of Jerry and his wife, Paul and his wife and me, and you know, I I got to stay in their very lovely houses in France. I mean, we became very good social friends and saw a lot of each other. Um, and and Paul eventually thought he might um, <laughs> give me a job. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's right. But I I was just told if I'd like to play this part of Barrington. Uh, in one episode of London's Burning, of course I said yes. Uh, it was not exactly the high point of my career, Andrew. I mean, it was a morning's work, that's all. And the poor director, Ken, um, Ken, um, what was his name? Nice little man. Anyway, uh, I mean, I think he sort of was a bit landed with me. Uh, and I just turned up, learned the lines, did the scene, went home. That's it. This was 1997, wasn't it, I think, my episode. And uh, by which time we, we had moved out of London into the country oh, a decade earlier. But I remember the location was a house in Clapham, a house off Clapham Common. Had we stayed in London, I could have walked through it in five minutes from where I used to live. So it was rather nice going back and filming just across where we, you know, from where we, from where we did it. Yeah, it was a great experience. What can I say? I think I was okay. A little bit mannered, maybe, but it was, I don't like looking at myself. I really, I think I saw it when it came out, and then you know, just behind the sofa, and then um, I've never, I've never seen it since, really. So that's it. Yes. Um, okay, Barrington. Uh, well, I, I mean, there the, the weren't, as you, you probably realise, actually, there were not many 
parts in London's Burning for for posh uh, actors. I mean, I only then tend to do um, the up, you know upmarket characters, sort of I don't know judges and barristers and people. So they're not really public school finalists, were they? Anyway, um, anyway, there was a lot of posh parts in any, as far as I know, any uh, uh, London Burnies episodes. And so it's quite nice to sort of do upmarket posh and rather rich, um, well-heeled MP. Obviously not a very nice character, uh, like most of them on the make, probably. And uh, did I say that? Yes. Anyway, and um, but obviously very protective of his of his lovely daughter. And wanted to get the message across very, very firmly that any messing about, if he mistreated her, if he didn't love her, if he didn't look after her, I would send the, the the hounds of hell after this man and have his guts to garter. So that was quite, you know, it's quite a nice line to play for as a character, being very smooth and, um, you know, just firing warning shots, shots against my possible future son-in-law. It was a shame. I mean, it was quite a fun character to play looking back on it, actually. And then it's a shame that there was no more storyline to it than that. And, um, uh, you know, as I said, it was a, I, I went in, did the run through with the, the two other actors and, uh, learned the lines. And I think we did it in three takes, you know. And off we went. And I think, honestly, I think I was back off the set before lunch. Maybe, maybe I got a sandwich. I don't know. You know, it was just a morning's, it was a morning's work, but you know, very satisfying to do it and lovely to be part of this whole series, you know. I, I don't, I've got anything to say about that. I can't remember anything about that. I know I had a nice waistcoat. I had a nice, I had a nice shirt, white, white collar, blue shirt, nothing. No, can't say anything interesting about that. Delete. <laughs> the the only thing other this is quite apart from the filming day that I had on the set was as I said because I knew Paul very well uh, and Jerry Poulson very well we did have a few drinks in the London Burning production office where there seemed to be a permanent bar set up in the some was it Elephant and Castle somewhere like that, um, and uh, anyway, we we did meet there a few times <laughs> um, after well, Paul was finishing work and um, started off the evening with a few drinks there before being taken out by Paul, who was an extremely generous man. You know, he was um, yeah, he liked to entertain well. What can I say? We had some very good times. And he's somebody I still miss in my life a great deal, as I do uh, Jerry Poulson. They were they were good people to be with and great fun to, to hang out with. Big part of my life, those two. <laughs> well, um, my career as an actor sort of um, fizzled out, really, about uh, 10 or so years ago. And I don't, I really don't do very much uh tv acting I, I do voiceovers and i present concerts and um compare things and stuff like that but um um i've got tired of the acting business and the acting business has got tired of me really i think and i spend most of my time now writing which is extremely enjoyable and rewarding and satisfying and um, i don't have to learn any lines which is the best thing about it of course you know, um, 
it was, um, yeah, it seems a, a long time ago, all that, when I was doing quite a lot on the telly, but um, not anymore. You, <laughs> yes, well, you, you really are dredging the stuff up, aren't you? Um, I did. I did. I, I don't know how that happened. That was back in the 1980s, early 1980s, I think. Uh, I wrote, that's quite right, I wrote an episode of, that's right, Bill Maynard. Um, but it, it wasn't the original Selwyn Fogg, it, it was a follow-up series, that's right. Oh no, so absolutely bloody awful too. Um, and I co-wrote the script with a wonderful actor you might know, uh, John Glover, very, very funny actor. And um, we co-wrote it, yes. <laughs> and I mean, the, that script now. You wouldn't get it out of the waste paper boss. It was all about a bomb plot at a colony camp, about blowing up a holiday, about, you know, planting a bomb in a holiday camp. It was terrible, not exactly comic material. And anyway, we, we turned up in Yorkshire Television, I remember, for the recording to find that Bill Maynard had really written most of the script anyway. Lots of it had been cut. And funny little director, Ronnie Watts it. Yes, Ronnie Watson. Um, I don't know how he got any laughs or any mileage out of what we wrote at all. It was just, you know, thank you. Let's take the money and get out of here as fast as possible. I wrote the scores for a James Saunders play called Random Moments in a May Garden with Barry Foster, which was quite good. And then I did, then I did Quartermain's Terms, which was a play by Simon Gray, starring John Gielgud and Eddie Fox and various other lovelies, Fly Francis, and uh, that's on YouTube, and it's still very good. It, I saw that, funny enough, a couple of months ago. That's, that's a, a really good production, and I'm quite pleased with the music, too. And then the last one I did for... Uh, for Bill, I think, was I wrote the music for his production of uh, A Month in the Country, Turgenev's play, um, with ooh, Richard Bryars, um, Eleanor Bron, Phyllis Calvert, Richard Br Br um Yes, who else? Oh, that was just tremendous. That was a really good production. I wish they'd show that again. And there were letters in the, I remember there were letters in the Radio Times complaining about the, the amount of music. That was the biggest thing I wrote, about the amount of music. Why do we have to have all that music? I can't hear what they're saying in the usual stuff. But that was, those are, those are the three, I mean, I've, I've written a lot of music for other things. Those are the three big ones I think I did for telling you. It's a great pleasure to meet you, Andrew. Thank you for asking me and dragging up these, <laughs> these moments from my distant past. <coughs> I'm not sure whether it's um, whether it's something I, yes. Uh, you know, it, one's a jobbing, you're a jobbing actor, you know, and you go from birds of a feather to heartbeat to the bill to London's burning. And um, a lot of it was, in this case, a long time ago. <laughs> 